0: The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Good morning, New Song Church. How's everybody doing? Merry Christmas. You can say it back. There you go. Good to see you. Got a full room this morning. That's exciting. I'm sure there's some new people here today. If this is your first time at New Song, just want to say we're so glad that you're here. Welcome. Thank you for coming. I don't know what got you here, who got you here, who invited you, but we're glad that you're here. And uh, we hope that you feel right at home in this place. In fact, we consider this church to be a family, and this is a family that's growing, and we're always inviting people to be a part of what God's doing here. So so thanks for coming. We want you to know we've been praying for you, praying over you, and so we hope that you feel uh, really right at home here today. And if you're looking for a church home, we would just like to say that we would love to be that for you. In fact, this is kind of one of those times of the year where we're kind of looking for, you know, we're starting to kind of move towards the, the new year and, and what we're going to be doing, and maybe you're looking to get planted in a church. I just want to encourage you. This is a great church to get planted in. And uh, and what we like to tell people that come to the church is just give us four weeks. Just come four weeks in a row because you can't really grab everything that God's doing here in just one week. But I believe that after four weeks. You'll find a home in this place, you'll find somewhere that you can really get rooted and planted in, and it can change your life. And a great time to do that is as we move into the new year, in fact, we're going to be starting a brand new series as we move into the year called Suddenly, and we've got a lot going on in this series, it's going to be a really cool series, but we're talking about the, the times when Jesus kind of shows up, God shows up suddenly in our life, and how we kind of position ourselves for that, and we're going to have 21 days of prayer and fasting with this, and a devotional, all sorts of cool stuff's going to be coming on, going Going on. So, uh, so make sure that you're back with us ready to go in January 2020. Can you believe it's 2020? Isn't that crazy? Remember like Y2K when that was? Some of you young people are like, what is he talking about? But everybody was freaked out that the world was going to end about 20 years ago and it, it, it didn't. So we're good. We're good. We're good. Everybody good? We're good? Good. You guys ready for Christmas? Okay, before I get into that, uh, last week, many of you know, we took up our heart for the house offering. And uh, for those of you who don't know, it's an offering that we receive once a year above and beyond our tithes. It's It's an offering we invite our church members to be a part of, sacrificial giving to help us to further the cause of New Song Church and further the kingdom of God. And so you know that we were raising money to, to move into our new lease facility. We bought 30 acres of land that we're going to be building a building on. And in the meantime, we're going to be moving into a lease building for the next couple of years to kind of help us to bridge that gap. And the lease building is going to be amazing. It's twice the size of this building we're in right now. Going to have incredible kids classes. In fact, we were over there, a group of us guys were over there yesterday doing some demo work on the new lease building. And uh, the preview service is coming up New Year's Eve. You'll be able to come and check that out. But we're raising money for that, and we said that our need was $150,000. Are well, you guys ready for the numbers today? Okay, last weekend, in the bank right now, from last, week's, in, last weekend's offering, we have $173,314.73. Yeah. In the bank right now. Now, that's not the end of it there was another $36,000 in pledges that are gonna come in before the end of the year from people who had to get their money and and bring it. So that that brings our total to $209,314.73. Church, give yourself a hand. Almost $60,000 more came in. And let me just tell you, we can use that money. One hundred and fifty kind of got us into the building, and we were trying to be lean and mean, but that extra money is going to help us to move into this building well, to occupy this spell, space really well. So thank you for your giving. I think last week was one of the coolest services I've ever been a part of. To see you come forward, many of you come forward and give and be a part of that. Man, I, I'm just letting you know, it, it's, it speaks volumes to us as pastors to know that your heart is there. I, I know God can do some amazing things with a group of people who are that committed to the cause of Jesus Christ. So kudos to you. Go buy yourself a kudos bar after church. Way to go. Way to go. All right, if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, I want to welcome everybody joining us on YouTube and and through the podcast. Let's welcome all those guys. Church, act like you care about them. We're glad you're with us. Matthew chapter 1, Christmas is 10 days from today. Yeah, whoa. Like when you're an adult, like you kind of are like, okay, Christmas is coming. When you're a kid, you can't wait, but when you're an adult, it's different, because how I many you know when you're an adult, you got responsibilities when it comes to Christmas. Like when you're a kid, you just show up and people give you stuff. But when you're an adult, it's different. My kids went out yesterday to buy dad some Christmas presents with their mom. You know who bought those Christmas presents? I did. I paid for those. They didn't buy them. They didn't use their own money. They ain't got no money. They're kids. That's how it is when you're a kid. But when you're an adult, when you're adulting, it's different. You got responsibility. And one of the responsibilities I have at Christmas time is I'm in charge of cleaning up the mess. You may relate to this. Christmas morning is messy, yep. it can be a mess. And I, Christmas for me, man, a big part of Christmas is, is ambiance. Everybody say ambiance. ambiance. If you're from Oklahoma, you say ambience. ambiance. <laughs> ambiance, though. Sounds more fancy when you say ambiance. You know, Put your pinky up, ambiance, right? <laughs> Ambiance. Ambiance is like, you know, the look and the feel and the smell and all that stuff. I like that at Christmas time. In a messy house, messy Christmas, you know, when you open all the presents, if it gets messy, that, that messes up my mojo. So I like to do Christmas biblically. The Bible says to do everything decently and in order. So I do biblical Christmas. So that means we open presents one at a time. We don't do this thing. Some of these families, you just blow in all the Christmas presents. I don't get it. It's messy. It's not decent in order. You're, you're out of line. You're out of the will of God. So we do it one at a time, decently and in order. And we do this for a number of reasons, of which I will list off to you now. The first one is, <laughs> it, it prolongs the process. I like Christmas morning. I like the process. So I like taking the, our time, going through it slowly. Each person and opening up their present one at a time. We get to focus our attention on the gift being opened at that time prolongs the process number two it allows time for thankfulness so that my children as they open presents they can turn to their aunts and uncles and grandparents and their moms and dads the people responsible Jake Lippert for buying the Christmas presents not some imaginary thing any kids in here believing in Santa go to boomtown okay It's where you're supposed to be you guys with me this morning I bought those presents. I like the thankfulness aspect of Christmas. It's good. It's important, right? Kids, go hug your grandma. Tell her thank you. That's good, okay? So, (laughs) yeah. Number three, it allows us time to clean stuff up so it doesn't get messy, so we can, you know, put the paper away. So, I come to Christmas. Here's what my Christmas morning looks like typically. I wake up, I go, I go start the cinnamon rolls because we have cinnamon rolls. You've got to eat before you open presents because you don't want people hangry opening presents. That's dangerous. So I get the cinnamon rolls going. Then I, I get some candles. The fireplace is going. Music is on. Christmas music is on. We read the, the, the Christmas story from the Bible with the kids. And then it's time to open presents. When it comes time to open presents, I go get a big old trash can and some trash bags. And I get a knife. I bring a knife to Christmas morning. You know Why? Because in my family, the ladies are notoriously, like notorious that they get a little aggressive with the scotch tape. (laughs) A little aggressive. My mom's here this morning. My mom is a great wrapper of presents. She was pro at one point. She worked, before I was born, she worked in a department store wrapping presents. So she can legit wrap a present. I mean, it's amazing. Like the folds are perfect. Have you ever wrapped a present before? As a guy, I feel like I have... Uh, Like, something's wrong with me. But hers is, like, perfect. And even the back of the present, you know, when you flip it over the back where, like, the paper meets up, it is aligned. How do you do that? How do you do that, Mom? I don't know. She's good. But she gets a little aggressive with the scotch tape. It's like tape, tape, tape all over it. And so the little little five-year-old kid gets this present, and it's like Fort Knox. Like, they can't do anything about it. So that's where I come in. I got the knife, and i can cut it open and i can allow them to get it now it comes with ridicule having the knife because you got people that are terrified typically the ladies of the house are all terrified that a child is going to be you know stabbed that day so you got to protect the knife guys you got the knife you got to protect it any guys anybody relate to me this morning okay some people got me so we got, we got to be ready. We got to get the ambiance right. Okay, here's the fourth thing. The fourth the fourth thing that's important, why I do, we do Christmas presents one at a time, why we do it the way we do, is because we don't want to throw away any of the gifts. You know, sometimes if you just do like this crazy amount of trash and everybody just tears into it and all that stuff, it's easy when you're trying to clean up at the end to accidentally grab a gift and throw it away with the trash, Like with the wrappings and the bows and the ribbons, you might accidentally grab a gift and it gets tossed in the trash. In fact, this happened to me one year. I had a $100 gift card that I had received. And at the end of Christmas, I was looking for my $100 gift card and I couldn't find it. And I was looking everywhere. You know where I found it? In the trash. Because what had happened is it had landed under some paper. Somebody picked up the paper, the ribbons, and they threw that all in the trash and my gift got thrown away with the wrappings. Now, here's why I have said everything I've said up to this point. Because that can happen very easily this time of year. That idea of getting so caught up in all the wrappings of Christmas, the lights, the smells, the food, the tradition, that we miss out on the real gift of Christmas. And so today, what I want to do is I want to kind of unwrap Christmas for you In a way, maybe you've never seen it before. I want to look at the gift of Christmas. Of course, I'm talking about Jesus, but I want to look at Jesus in a way that maybe you've never seen Jesus before, and specifically, a couple of things related to the Christmas story that you've probably heard your entire life, that maybe you've really never understood exactly what was going on there. So Matthew chapter one, we're going to look at two fundamental truths related to the Christmas story. Matthew chapter one, verse 18 says this, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows, After his mother Mary was betrothed, and we learned a couple of weeks ago when my dad was preaching that betrothed actually means she was engaged. She was engaged to Joseph before they came together. In other words, before they they had sex for the first time. It says she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say of the Holy Spirit. So this child was not from Joseph. It was not from a man. It was from God. It was from the Holy Spirit. Spirit verse 19 then Joseph her husband being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example was minded to put her away secretly in other words he wasn't going to make a big deal out of this because in the culture of that day if he did make a deal, big deal out of this she could actually be killed because of what people thought really happened. Verse 20, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. There it is again. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Verse 22, so all this was done. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord throughout the prophets, saying, this is, a, this is a quote from Isaiah chapter 7, which was a, a, a prophecy, a messianic prophecy that was given over 700 years before Jesus was born. Behold, the virgin, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Everybody say Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Which is translated, say these last three words with me, God with us. Okay, three or two fundamental truths that you need to recognize this morning. Important that you understand these. Number one is this. Jesus was fully God. When Jesus came to this earth, he was fully God. In fact, the, the Bible goes out of its way to talk about in the Christmas narrative where Jesus is being conceived and brought into this world. It, it's like it goes out of its way to talk about the fact that he was born of a virgin, That he wasn't just born of another man, but that he was born of a virgin. Why is that important? Because if he wasn't born of a virgin, listen, he ain't God. In order for him to be God, he had to be born of a virgin. The only way he could be God is if he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so the Bible says, verse 18, she, Mary, was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then verse 20, for that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit, In order for him to be God, he had to be born this way. God used the egg of Mary, but he used the seed of the Holy Spirit. Now, this was important for a number of reasons. One, it it enabled him to be God, but two, it enabled him to be sinless in birth. The Bible tells us this in Numbers 14, 18. It says the iniquities. Iniquities is just a, a fancy way of saying sins. The iniquities, look at this, of the fathers are passed down to the children So understand this, the fallen nature is passed down through the Father. So when when God created his son, that's why he used the egg of a woman, but he used the seed of the Holy Spirit, of the Spirit of God. Jesus wasn't conceived by the seed of man, he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And so when Jesus was conceived in this world, he was born into this world without the sin nature that we're born with. He didn't have that. That wasn't a part of him. He was born spotless and sinless, which is why that later he could die on the cross without having ever sinned and having no sin within him. Jesus was sinless. The Bible says this in Matthew one twenty three. It says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child. Notice, notice we see this, this idea of the virgin, and then it goes on to say, and his name will be called Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. We see this idea of the virgin birth and God being with us side by side. So, so this is what is so important for you to understand. When God wanted to redeem fallen man, he didn't send, send like a messenger with a message. It was God who came with a message. He didn't send some representative of himself. He sent himself, God, with us. Jesus was and is God, and God came to redeem fallen man. wow. I heard this story one time about this judge who had a friend and uh, his friend came up to me one day and he was like, Hey, I got a ticket and I was wondering if maybe you could uh you know kind of take care of that for me. Could you could you deal with that ticket for me? And so the judge friend was like, Okay, yeah, I'll 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 take care of it for you. So a few weeks later this friend of the judge comes back to the judge and he's like, Hey, you know, just making sure <laughs> did were you able to to dismiss that ticket. And the judge says, no, I didn't dismiss it. he said, oh, I thought we had like an understanding that you were gonna take care of it. And he said, I did. Well, well, then did you dismiss it? No. What am I not getting here? Like, I I, I asked you to dismiss the ticket. Did you dismiss it? Well, I I dismissed, I didn't dismiss it, but I did take care of it. Well, how did you take care of it? The judge says, well, I paid for it. And the guy's like, oh man, I didn't, (laughs) I didn't mean for you to pay for it. Like, I just, you know, thought you could do your, Your judge thing and just kind of you know make it go away. Just kind of dismiss it. The judge looked at his friend, he said, Well, let me ask you something. Were you guilty? (laughs) His friend said, Well, yeah, I was guilty. He said, Well, if I'm a judge and I'm a righteous judge, and my job is to uphold the law, and you disobeyed the law, there was a penalty that had to be paid. So I couldn't just dismiss the penalty. I had to pay the penalty for you. Listen, New Song Church, there was a penalty that was due for every one of us. The Bible says that the wages of sin was death. The penalty for sin that you and I owed, every one of us owed, was death. So Jesus came. God Himself came and paid your wage. He paid your penalty. He died for you so you wouldn't have to pay that penalty. Jesus was fully God. And, and that's why the Bible makes such a big deal. That's why we hear so much at Christmas time about the virgin birth, because the virgin birth tells us Jesus was fully God. God, God came to save you. Jesus was fully God. The second thing that you need to understand is that Jesus was fully man. Jesus was fully man. John 1 1 tells us this. It says, In the beginning was the Word. And we know from the context of Scripture and from the rest of the Bible that when it's talking about the Word here, it's talking about Jesus. So you could replace the word Word with the name Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, or it was Jesus, and the Word was with God, or Jesus was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus was God, which we just, we just talked about. Skip down a few verses in verse 14. It says, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word being Jesus. Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. You know, every year, this is one of the ideas that I really try to try, like, to, to meditate on this and, and, and think about it and keep thinking about it because I, I think it's so easy to kind of gloss over this idea that God became one of us. Like, God, the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who at the beginning spoke and this world came into existence, that God, Jesus, became one of us. Like, he, he became a human being, put on flesh, and became one of us. Like, it's, it's hard to wrap your brain around that. And to wrap your brain around, like, what, what that even compares to. like, We try to come up with comparisons and they, 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 they fall short every time. Like Imagine the, the most gifted, famous brain surgeon in the whole world deciding to lay all that down and become a guy who collects trash. And you're not even close to what Jesus laid down to become one of us. Imagine the CEO of like Google or, or Apple or some Fortune 500 company laying all that down to work the drive through at Brahms Ice Cream and Dairy Store and you're not even close to what Jesus came to do. Like the analogy that I, I came up with a few years ago that I still think falls far short of what God came to do is this idea that imagine if you heard that there was a group of bugs and these bugs were in big trouble, these bugs were gonna die and they were, they were heading towards destruction. And the only way they could be saved was by you. And the only way you could save them is to become one of them, to live among them, and then one day to allow those bugs to ridicule you and beat you and ultimately kill you. All to save a bunch of bugs. Now, listen, I'm not calling you a bug this morning. Turn to the person beside you and say, I ain't no bug you're not a bug. But I would would say that the gap between us and a bunch of bugs is probably not as great as the gap between us and God. Like we, we try to come up with a comparison and you just can't. God became one of us. God wrapped himself in flesh. God became one of us who would get stinky and need like deodorant, biblical deodorant. God would need his diaper changed. God would have to depend on a mama to take care of him. God. Like, it's hard to wrap your mind around, isn't it? But it's important that we try to. In fact, the Bible says it like this. 1 John 4, 2. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is not of God. And that spirit is of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. Second John verse 7 says, For many uh, deceivers have gone into the world and do not confess Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an Antichrist. The idea here that God is saying is that if you don't really come to terms with this, that idea of saying that Jesus was not of the flesh, he did not come and become a man, that's an idea that comes from the Antichrist. Like, we've got to come to terms with that. God became a human being. And this is important because, listen, if God didn't become a human being, he couldn't die. And if he can't die, he can't be your substitute. He couldn't die in your place on the cross. And so Jesus, listen, Jesus was fully God and he's fully man. And when he was operating in this world, he had the ability to operate fully God, but he put all of that on pause so that he could be fully man, sinless, live a sinless life and a sinless perfect example that we could follow and then one day be sacrificed for our sins. So, so here's what he did, okay? He put on pause everything that made him divine. What makes God divine? Well, there's three things that kind of speak to the divinity of God. The first one is this, is that God, as God, as a divine being, has the ability to be omnipresent. That means that he can be everywhere present at at the same time. That means he can be with us here today. He can also be on the whole other side of the world in Japan at the same time, while he's also on Mars and on the furthest ends of the galaxy, everywhere present at one time. None of us can do that. That's divine stuff right there. That's God, right? He's also uh, omniscient, means he's all-knowing. He already knows everything. That's God. He can't learn and develop and grow in his knowledge because he already knows everything. And the last thing is he's omnipotent. He's all-powerful. But when Jesus came to this earth, he put all of that aside. He laid all that down so that he could become a man and live life as a man, God and man, but operating as a man, So think about this. This is unbelievable. The God who was omnipresent in the moment that Mary conceived by the Holy Spirit, God who was always everywhere present at the same time confined himself to a human mother's womb. Wow, right? The God who was all-knowing, who knew everything, had to learn stuff like reading and writing and arithmetic and who he was As the child of God, he had to learn all that. The Bible says he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. How can he grow in wisdom if he already knew everything? He laid that down. And he laid down his ability to be all powerful. You say, well, Pastor Josh, like I look at the life of Jesus and he was doing some pretty powerful stuff. So if he laid that down, how was he able to do it? Well, I'll tell you how he was able to do it. He was able to do it because when he was on this earth, he was functioning under the will of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Everything Jesus did, he did by the will of God. In fact, Jesus said this, John 6, 38. He said, for I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. Listen, God. Jesus wasn't here just doing his own thing. He was doing the will of God. How did he know the will? He walked in close proximity with God and he knew the word of God. In fact, you look at the life of Jesus, did you know one out of every 10 things that he said was a, was a quote from scripture, and, and this, we're talking about the word made flesh. Like you could argue that everything he said was the word. But he was giving us an example showing us, hey, I am dependent on this word. I am living by this word. I am speaking this word. My life is based and committed to this word. He was setting an example that we could follow one day. He was submitted and committed to the will of God, the word of God. But he was also empowered by the spirit of God. You look at the life of Jesus, and you see his life is dripping with encounters with the Holy Spirit. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit. On the day that he was dedicated, the Bible says that it was accompanied by a supernatural manifestation of the Holy Spirit. The day that he's water baptized, when he comes out of the water, the Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove, the Bible says. And the first time he ever got up to minister and preach, this is what he said in Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Jesus is saying, the Spirit of God is on me, and what you're gonna see me do, I am doing by the empowerment of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. What was that? he goes on to say, to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Listen, church, everything Jesus did, he did under the will of God and anointed by the empowerment of the Spirit of God. And here's why that's great news, because we can look at the life of Jesus, and we don't just look at it and say, well, he did all that because he was God. He, would not, he wasn't functioning in his God power. He was functioning in human power from God, which you can too. The life we see in Jesus is an example for us to follow, a life that can be lived if we will submit our life to the will of God, which is found in the word of God. And if we will allow the anointing of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to operate and function to us, and that's why Jesus said, greater works than these that we'll someday do. Boy, this is good stuff I'm preaching this morning. I hope you're getting it. This is gospel good news. It's not just that one day you can go to heaven, but that Jesus will empower you to bring heaven to this earth. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus was fully God and fully man. So so what did he do? He had the ability to be fully God, but he didn't touch it. The whole time he was here for 33 years, he put it on pause and he didn't tap into it. He could have at any time. He could have stopped the crucifixion. He, sp- he said himself, I could call a legion of angels down, but he didn't do it. Here's why. Because in the moment he does it, he no longer can be a sacrificial man for our sins. He becomes fully God, fully God, no longer man. And he can't be our substitute and atone for the sins of mankind. And so Jesus put all that on pause so that he could die for you. And, and here's what happened. Jesus died a sinless, he lived a sinless life, and he died a sinless death. What what did we read earlier? The wages of sin is death. What causes us to die? Sin. That's what ultimately kills every human being. But sin had no claim to Jesus. Death had no claim to Jesus because he was sinless. He never sinned, so death had no claim to him. So when he died on the cross without sin without having sinned himself, but he took on all our sin. He took on something he didn't deserve, death and destruction and hell and sin. He took that all on, and now because of him, because he received something he didn't deserve, listen, now you can receive something you don't deserve because Jesus didn't deserve death. He didn't deserve hell. He didn't deserve the grave. Now you who do deserve it don't have to receive it because Jesus made a way so you could be free from the penalty of sin and death and the grave. Can I get an amen? And that is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the gift of Christmas. Jesus came fully God and fully man. In fact, there, there's a verse in, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It's very famous to the Christmas narrative. You, you see it in movies like the Charlie Brown Christmas story. You see it in postcards. You see people put it up in lights on their house. It says this. It says, For unto us a child is born... A human child, a human baby. Jesus was fully man. And then what does it say? For unto us a son is given. The son of God, fully God. Jesus was fully God and fully man. He was given as a son, but he came as a man. Jesus put on skin 2,000 plus years ago. He became approachable and touchable. The omnipotent one became someone who would be helpless and need to be served and taken care of by other people. The omnipresent one confined himself to a human womb. The omniscient one had to learn reading, writing, and arithmetic The Bible says he made himself nothing. Why? So you could become something. There is a God who is so in love with you, he could not imagine living life without you. And so he went as far as he possibly could to make a way so that you could be saved. And that is what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I invite you to take a moment this morning and just think about this idea: that God became flesh, and He made His dwelling among us. He paid the penalty for His sins and He did for our sins, and He did it with Himself, and He did it so that we could live. We could find life through Him. He rose from the grave. So that we could be born into new life in Him and be free. That's the Christmas story. That's the good news of Christmas. And maybe you're very familiar with this Christmas story. Maybe you've seen the Nativity, you've heard the songs, you know the the story. Maybe you're like me. At one point in my life, I knew all this really well, but I didn't know God, I wasn't close to Him. I wasn't really committing my life to him. I'd never really surrendered my life to him. And so I wasn't experiencing all that he made possible for me to experience. If that's you today, I just want you to know that Jesus came for you. He came for you. He laid down everything so he could come for you. God died for you so that you could be saved. And if you want to know him today, I can help you it's real simple all you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and and really surrender your life to him that's the idea of, of lordship a lot of people maybe you're a person who's lifted your hand in a service because you wanted to be saved you didn't want to go to hell But if you're being really honest, there was no real commitment on your end. You weren't giving your life and committing your life to Jesus. You were just kind of going through the motions. But today is the day for you to really surrender and and give your life to Jesus and make him your Lord. And by doing so, listen, if you make him your Lord, he becomes your savior. And you can step into the life that Jesus wants you to have and experience all that he has for you on this side of eternity and on the other side of eternity. That's you today. I'd love to pray with you today. I'd love to help you to know that you know that you know that you're right with God. If you would say today, I don't know, I don't know where I stand with God. It feels like he's distant from me. Maybe you want to commit to God today for the first time, or maybe you want to recommit your life to Jesus, wherever you find yourself. I'm gonna invite you to pray a prayer with me. And church, since we're all in agreement, let's let's pray this prayer together. And I invite you, church, as you pray this, to really think about the words that we're saying. Say this, say, Father God. Say it like you mean it. Father God, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for me. I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And I believe that Jesus, God, came to this earth, wrapped himself in skin, and died on the cross so I could be saved thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. And thank you, Jesus, for being raised from the dead so I could be raised to new life through you. Jesus, I give you my life, all of my life, my past, my present, my future, my all. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name, Amen. Church, let's give those a hand that prayed that prayer this morning. If you prayed that prayer today to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, I'm so proud of you. I really am. You've made a great decision. You've received of the most amazing gift you could ever receive this Christmas season. And I I just want to say, way to go. I also want to encourage you to do one more thing before you leave today. I'm going to invite our altar ministry team to come down altar ministry team, if you guys would come down. If you're here today and you have a prayer need of any kind, we would love to pray for you. We've got people down here that would love to join their faith with you and whatever it is that you're believing for. If you've got some kind of a burden or something going on in your life right now, if it matters to you, it matters to God. And, And what we say here at New Song Church is coming down and receiving prayer doesn't mean that you're messed up. It means that you're normal. We all need prayer. There's nothing wrong with receiving prayer. So if you need prayer today, we'd love to pray for you. Maybe you're dealing with something in your physical body. Maybe you're dealing with something in your mind. Maybe you're just believing in faith for something. Whatever it is, if it matters to you, it matters to God. Also, those of you who either recommitted or committed your life to Jesus, I would encourage you, before you leave today, come down and just let one of these guys know. All you have to do is say, Hey, I prayed that that prayer today, and I really meant it. And and what we want to do is we just want to congratulate you and we want to give you a book, a really great resource that's going to help you walk out the next steps of walking with God to help you to begin to, to completely bring every part of you into agreement and alignment with the will of God, with the word of God. So whatever it may be, if it matters to you, it matters to God. Church, would you stand with me this morning? We're going to go into one more song of worship. And I'd encourage you, let's just engage with the heart of God one more time. God is good, isn't he? Jesus is worthy of our praise, isn't he? worthy of our worship. So let's just worship him one more time. And if you have a prayer need now, you can begin to move forward, you can begin to come down. Receive prayer today. Don't leave today without receiving prayer. Lord, we love you. We lift our hands and we say God, that you are worthy of praise. Lord, we thank you. That you're exalted in our life. You're exalted in our hearts, Lord. You you brought yourself down so that we could be lifted up and elevated up with you, Lord, in heavenly places. And we're so grateful, Lord. You deserve all the honor, all the praise. It all goes to you, God. And I thank you, Lord, if there's anyone in here that needs prayer for anything in their life right now, I thank you that you would give them the boldness and faith to step out and receive it right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from New Song Church. If you have a prayer need or would like more information about New Song, you can email info at newsongpeople.com. If you would like to partner with New Song through giving, go to www.newsongpeople.com forward slash give. And if you want to stay connected to New Song, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for New Song People.